You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here, back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. And let's review what happened this past weekend. Now, a win is a win, and there's nothing wrong with wins here and there, but you want to see progression. Did AM progress after missing two and a half weeks due to the COVID-19 protocols? This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Before we begin the show, as always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast week in and week out, I will always take into consideration. And secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Main related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Texas A&M came back after missing two weeks due to the COVID-19 protocols set in place by the SEC and had a game. Now, it wasn't a great game by any means, but a 20-7 victory was the final for the Aggies. They stay in the college football race. Here's my biggest question going into this weekend. Is there really a top four this year in college football? I mean, legitimately, is there? Because of, in my opinion, there isn't. And there hasn't been for a while. This is not an insult on AM, who did get the win and had a fantastic defensive game. And we'll be breaking down all that in about 25 seconds. But I just want to break this down real fast. Outside of Alabama, who once again got a glorious win over the likes of Auburn in the Iron Bowl, and outside of Clemson, who saw Trevor Lawrence leave Clemson, South Carolina on a positive note with their 38-10 victory over Pittsburgh, is there a number three and number four team? And by that, I mean, who can beat Clemson? Who can beat Alabama? There's nothing wrong for a to be coming in second in the SEC. There's nothing wrong for a to be coming in third in the SEC. Because this year, it's been proven time and time again, doesn't really matter. There's two really sound teams and everyone else playing for that bronze trophy. Notre Dame? Notre Dame had to go down to the wire with less than two minutes left, score a final touchdown to put the game against UNC out of the picture. Plus, their defense did a good enough job to contain Sam Howell, who, in my opinion, is the most underrated quarterback in college football and soon will be a top five pick for an NFL team either in 2021 or 2022 to get that victory in Chapel Hill. A&M, great defensive performance, great run game. Great, 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 except for the part that most SEC teams want to see better of. And that is in the passing game. Kellen Mond struggled. The receiver struggled. There was no positivity there. Defensively, Mike Elko is coaching himself into the conversation of becoming a head coach at a non-Power 5 conference. Wherever Luke Fickle goes, I would love to see Mike Elko get his shot at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has shown the ability to make coaches go from something small to something monumental. That'd be a great starting spot for the likes of Elko. Florida? Florida played okay. Their defense still was terrible. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway I got from this past weekend. They weren't bad. 
They were far from bad. They weren't great. They just were great on offense. So it's a lopsided scenario here. Alabama, that offense, drops 40 on the Gators. You want to know how we know that? Because if A&M did it. A&M dropped 41 on them. Oh, and Ohio State? We're really going to consider them to be a contender this year with everything going on with COVID and their games getting canceled left and right. Ohio State might on paper be the third best team in the nation, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and go praise Ohio State for playing in five games and then going, oh, good for you. You deserve to be in the college football play because you're better. No. And that's a problem. That's a massive problem when it comes to college football. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. To these schools. And I'm an Alabama alum. I am. But make more competition, man. I mean, after a while, you get tired of seeing Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson. And every once in a while, a team pulls an upset. Last season was awesome. Because of at least it was something new. LSU came into the mix. And by the way, LSU was the only new team to come into the mix. The other four teams, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU... I mean, Clemson, they've all been there. They've all done that. They've all had their moment to just go out and be in the college football playoff, and they still struggled. It was a bloodbath in favor of the Tigers. But at least it was different. We got to see one season where Joe Burrow and this Joe Brady offense was fantastic. And I really want to see that from AM. And the way the defense is playing... They gave up a late touchdown. You know what? So be it. They gave up a late touchdown due to a due to a false start, uh, due to a couple penalties. The offense should have been up by 30 before that even came into consideration. There's people sitting here going, oh my god, well, AM a lot of touchdown late. No. How about we talk about how the defense did a fantastic job holding the two rushers that are five-star recruits each under 20 yards? How about that? How about we talk about how Jalen Jones has really improved as a receiver? Let me talk about that. How about we talk about how Terrace Marshall Jr., the guy who opted out, made that touchdown and was the only good part of that offense? How about we talk about that? But no, people want to go, oh, A&M did cover the spread. Oh, A&M did. No. A&M's offense should be ashamed of how they played. It was terrible. Kellen Mond, not a good look. Terrible look. Isaiah Spiller, great look. Defense, great look. And that's where you have to separate the good from the bad. Because overall, Texas A&M is a very sound football team. I won't say great. They're sound. If you just trust what they do positively, and you make enough key stops on defense, you're going to win the game. You know what? who else does that? Any team on any given Saturday can do the exact same thing. And that's exactly what A&M did. They made some key stops... They were able to go get some big-time plays from their running back, who, in my opinion, is the top running back in the SEC moving forward, 100%. Spiller has earned that right outside of Najee Harris. That is your next guy. He will be running back one next year when the SEC season begins, and he deservingly is so. But there's two elements to an offense. Passing, running. Yeah, a couple first downs is great, but at the same time, you want to see more first downs come on the ground, and more touchdowns go through the air. You can see that on Saturday. And you look at how Alabama's run defense is played, and you look at how Clemson's run defense is played, a matchup against these two right now? No. 
We already saw what Alabama's secondary can do to Texas A&M, but you have to find a common ground. A&M should have that common ground. And yeah, they're going to sit at number five for this week. And more than likely, when the college football playoff rankings come out, they're either going to be five or they may, they may. They may move up to four because Ohio State hasn't played. They may move up to four. But to me, there's one conversation going on. It's very simple. Who's going to lose to Alabama and Clemson while they go play for the umpteenth national championship of the 2020s? Seriously. I mean, at some point, somebody's got to step up. I watched every single game this past weekend. I saw no one make a solidified sound win. Which, guess what? It's very positive for A&M. Because A&M, they got a win. They stay now 6-1 uh, uh, on the year. They're in a very good spot to still be ranked in the top five. And there's a very good shot that they're still in the conversation for the college football playoff. Great. What's going to happen when they get there? You don't just want to make the big dance. You also want to partake in the big dance. Going to an event is something great, but being a part of something is even better. And the way that the offense played, it is a two-sided offense, and you were one-dimensional on Saturday night. You cannot be one-dimensional anymore if you want to be taken seriously as a college football playoff contender. And you know what? If you're pissed off about this, A&M fans, I understand Don't be pissed at me. Be pissed at your offense for what they did on Saturday. Because if outside of Isaiah Spiller, this is not a good showing on offense. The defense is why A&M will be ranked in the top four this week. If they do. It's the defensive reasoning. Not the offensive. Now that I got that out of my system, I need to unwind. And sometimes, because of life and social status and everything going on in the world, you always feel like you're on the go, go, go. Which means you never have a second to turn off and hit that reset button. That's why whenever you can, reach for an ice-cold beer that's literally made to chill. And there's only one beer out there, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are made for your time to chill. It doesn't matter what team is playing, Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport for Texas A&M. Just drink a beer Flip through some channels, find a sport, crack open a nice cold Coors Light. And Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It's literally made to chill by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. And their ice cold blue Rocky Mountains will let you know that your beer is perfect for a moment to unwind. I choose Coors Light whenever I need to unwind. So when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Paul Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, I'm going to get your opinion on something. Do you have a quality podcast around your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football season. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. If you're like me, you are fired up hearing this podcast because you know what? I'm actually going to understand where the national media comes out and says, oh, A&M doesn't deserve to be ranked. Well, that's wrong. They do deserve to be a top five team. But all it means to me is that there is no number three or four team or number five team in this conversation. Because A&M was one of a very few select games that was on prime time this past weekend and struggled. You did not see a good showing on Thursday from overall Ian Book and the Notre Dame offense. They had some several good plays, kind of very similar to what AM did, but their defense really did a good job containing Sam Howell. 
You look at Cincinnati. Who is Cincinnati playing? It's one team in the AAC and a bunch of no-namers. I mean, like, that's really what it comes down to. You look at BYU, very similar. And that's not BYU's fault because at the very start of the year, they actually had a strength of schedule that looked to be pretty promising overall. It wasn't even that bad. It was very much a strength of schedule that could have put them in the rankings for the college football playoff. But at that time, who was to say that Notre Dame would even still be ranked now? Because if they would have been an independent not playing in the ACC, and they would have been playing a bunch of cupcake games and probably lost one of them just because it's any given Saturday. And then you have Florida, who played Kentucky, beat Kentucky, but it's not as if they didn't have their own struggles on defense once again. I don't know what the score is going to say. I don't know what the score, you know, what the stat line is always going to read. But I can tell you this much. There were too many conversions by Kentucky, specifically on first down, that made this game a lot closer than what it should have been. I mean, let's just break this down real fast. You had 15 first downs for Kentucky, 21 first downs for uh, Florida. You had two third down efficiencies for Kentucky. You had only three for Florida. One got 33%, one got 18%. However, they also were two for three, so they were 67% on third down efficiencies. They almost also ran the same number of plays, 62 to 57. So it wasn't a great defensive showing. They just couldn't put points up in the board. The biggest difference, Terry Wilson and the team threw three interceptions. Florida didn't throw a single one. That was the difference in that game. And then we go right back to AM. Isaiah Spiller. Great game. Great showing. Great outing. Good work. Good footwork. His 52-yard touchdown was something amazing. That was all him. Great blocking at that second level by the receivers to let him work upfield. But then you had two LSU defenders coming at him, trying to bring him down before the goal line, reaches over the pylon, stays in bounds just long enough to give the Aggies the lead. Great play. Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson easily deserves to be considered the SEC Player of the Week. And deservingly so, because he was. You look at how he played, it was a big, big game. They weren't able to score in that one play. They punted. They were near their own end zone. What happened? You saw... um. Uh, JT, TJ Finley, throw it right into the hands. Not even remotely close to his target. Right into the hands of Buddy Johnson. He took it back 15 yards for the score. That's what you like to see. Connor Blumlick, by the way. Let's talk about him for a second. That was such an awesome play. Because of not there wasn't a single player on that field besides Blumlick and the return man for LSU who saw it hit off that gunner's foot. They were the only two. He read and reacted on that immediately. And what happens? We go right back to Kellen Mond. We go right back to this conversation that we've had on and on and on. And I'm tired of having it on and on again. Don't give me this, oh, it's LSU, their DBU. Their defensive backs have been terrible this season. Did you watch the very first game of the year? where K.J. Costello was able to throw for 623 yards against this secondary? Did you notice that Derek Stingley hadn't been playing for the last several weeks? Did you realize that there have been so many different personnel switch-ups outside of Jacoby Stevens? Give me a break on that. 
105 yards for the senior on his potentially last game in Kyle Field. There's no guarantee that they will have the Ole Miss game. So if that's how it ends, that's how it ends at Kyle Field. 105 yards, no touchdowns. They were the number one team going into the week on third down efficiencies with 62% of a success rate. They got two of 16. They were they were an eighth correct. An eighth of the time, they got in. The offensive line, I'm gonna give them a little bit of slack. They had a couple, they had a couple penalties, two really dumb ones, including that uh, chop block penalty uh, by uh, Carson Green and Jared Hawker. That was a really dumb one, but I get it. I mean, you're trying to go for it. They had one sack, one sack. I, you can't really be mad at that. What you can't be mad at is there was at one point more possessions from both teams combined. Then there were completions of passes. TJ Finley is a freshman. Kellen Mond is a senior. What else you want me to say on that? Do you want me to say it's okay that everything is going to work out? Everything's going to be a, a you know all fine and dandy? No. No, that's ridiculous for me to say it that way. They were fantastic in the red zone going into this game. They got to the red zone twice. This past game. They settled for Seth Small kicking a pair of field goals. They didn't score in the red zone. They got one touchdown on offense, one touchdown on defense, and two Seth Small field goals. Does that look like a team that was coming out to prove that they wanted to win? I said this earlier in the week, or in the month. This is the end of the month. It's a brand new month. December starts, you know, tomorrow. That overall, A&M was playing red-hot football. I mean, scorching red-hot football going into this game. They look to be, in my opinion, the next best team in the SEC. I thought they were better than Florida. I thought they were better than Notre Dame. I thought they were better than LS. I mean, they were better than Cincinnati, BYU, everyone. There wasn't a single person who was even close to matching AN's production. And then two weeks ago, you had a player get caught, tested positive for COVID. I understand. This happens. And then you lose a week. You don't play you don't play Tennessee. Alright. Alright. We got it. You don't play Tennessee. And then you don't play Ole Miss. And it's two weeks. With social distancing at practice, trying to stay afloat in coverage, making sure that you can reach your target without really touching him or going close to him, running basic drills in practice, and you go, okay, you put all that to the side, and then you play this game, and you, and you see how this happened. And you, you, you sit back and you wonder, okay, it, this was a, a trap game for the sheer fact that we had not practiced in two weeks. Let's be thankful we got out of there without a turnover, without a big, you know, without a big problem. I mean, that, that Carson Green turnover was really cool. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was really fun to watch him pick up that ball and run. That's, that's any big guy's dream. And I won't say that it's time to put A&M out of the conversation. Because they shouldn't be. They definitely have earned, in their two games over 
South Carolina and Arkansas to be considered in the top 10. But this has to be that. And that's where I struggle with this. And that's where I hope a lot of AM fans struggle with this today. Two weeks, no, not a lot of practice, not a lot really to work with. You get the win over LSU. Just not a convincing one. But what happens when you do the same thing to Auburn? And Auburn's been playing football nonstop. That, that's a bad look for Auburn, but it's also a really bad look for you because if you've had a week of practice. And then you do it in Tennessee, very similar, 27. And then Ole Miss, you have to go down to the wire, and it's 35-31. You're 9-1, but it was a poor showing on your defense this time. When are we finding balanced football again? Those two weeks, those two glorious weeks at the end of October, beginning of November, that's what A&M football is about under Jimbo Fisher. That's what you want to see if you're an A&M fan. That's what we can look forward to. Games like this, no. And you know what? A lot of credit to Jimbo Fisher for coming out and saying we got our butts kicked. It was a bad showing. It was This is not who we are as a team. Good on him. But you have to be able to do more balanced work. So that's why I do believe this weekend against Auburn, this will decide really what the playoff football, what the college football playoff committee will think of AM. Yeah, I'll give them one more week, as everyone should, as, including the college football playoff committee. They had two weeks where they didn't play. Give them time. But if they do this again with a full week of practice and Mon struggles, You got two games to prove to the college football playoff committee that even though you're a one-loss team, you're better than the the Ohio State's. If they finish out the season, you're better than the one-loss Notre Dame team. If they lose to Clemson, you're better than a one-loss Clemson team. You're better than a one-loss Florida team. You have to prove that you're right there with them. Ultimately, I don't know if you will. Wasn't a bad showing just from A&M. It's bad showing this entire weekend really overall, from anyone who's not Clemson and anyone who's not Alabama. And sometimes that's just the reality we live in. Coming up on tomorrow's show here on Locked on Aggies, we'll be breaking down Jimbo Fisher's press conference. Everyone knows that Fisher will have positive and negative thoughts on this overall game, but which way is he leaning going into the upcoming weekend in the Plains of Auburn against the Tigers? We'll be talking all about that on tomorrow's show, and when we come back in just a quick moment, we'll be breaking down everything, including my three stars of Saturday's game. Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you've heard the Built Bar promo before with 12 original flavors, including coconut, almond, double chocolate, toffee, almond, and, of course, peanut butter brownie. But now they have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cherry bakia, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These bars are more like candy bars than they are chocolate bars because they're soft and easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're great for someone who's a health-conscious guy or girl because they help you maintain and lose weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. I cannot put down the cookies and cream bar. I love my cookies and cream. just tastes like ice cream. With 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, 4 grams of net carbs, you're not going to find a product like this anywhere else. And go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Whatever you need to pick up your day, start it off with a delicious treat from Bilt Bar, BiltBar.com. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Locked On Aggies, and of course, follow us every single day on iTunes, Spotify, and of course, LockedOnPodcast.com. Three stars of the game. Let's knock this out real fast. Number three, Seth Small. You did your job. You kicked it off great. You set the, you set the play up. You had a fantastic game. I'm going to give him partial credit because of there's another guy who deserves just as much. He was two for two in the red zone. He had two good field goals. He put points on the board. He had the, actually, you think about it, he had the most points of the game because he also had those two extra points. So he had eight total points of A&M's 20. Good job. He's the hero. He is a standout guy. That's what you want from Seth Small. Good game for Seth Small. Part B, Connor Blumlick. Blumlick is the only player who saw that ball touch that LSU defender's foot. That set up the drive where AM got the ball back. They punted again, but it was a great punt from Costano to where what happened was it stayed down low inside the five to where Finley would pick it off and throw it right into the hands of number two, number two player of the week, Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson led the team in tackles. He had an interception return for a touchdown. He had three uh, He had three tackles for losses, and he had five pressures. Good game. That's what you want from the leader of your, of your middle defense. I also want to give a huge shout out to Andre White. He had a big, big, big time play, and I was very excited to see him. He's likely going to be taking over as the middle linebacker of the future with somebody, whether it be Antonio Doyle or Etron Cooper, but one of them is probably going to be playing alongside Andre White moving forward, and White, in limited capacity this season, has shown he has the capability to be a true three-down linebacker. But the number one player of the day is Isaiah Spiller, because Isaiah Spiller was the offense. Think about this for one second. Just, just, just hear me out. You had, for the day, in team stats, Texas A&M with 16 first downs. 12 came by Spiller. They had 267 yards on the day. 145 came by Spiller. 105 passing yards for Kellen Mond. He averaged 3.1 yards per pass. The only player who saw positive yardage on the day in rushing was Mond with 27. Outside of that, it was a lot of quick slant passes. Yeah, Anaya Smith had a good game, 39 recept, 39 yards. Jalen Wa- Widemeyer, 31 yards. It was good. Not great, but that's on passing. That's on Mond. That's not on the receivers at all times. Spiller had 145 yards. That is 54% of your positive offensive plays. That alone makes you the top player of the week. I don't know what else to say on this one. Thank God AM got out of this with a victory. They're going to stay alive another week, but things have got to change the college station moving ahead. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And while you're at it, make sure you listen to the NFL Peacock and Williamson show. Brian Peacock, national football writer, and Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, hosts the Peacock and Williamson show every Monday through Friday while giving you an entire perspective covering the entire NFL with the latest news and insight. Get your picks, previews, and much, much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe whenever you get to the podcast page. Also, make sure you turn in tomorrow when Coach Fisher talks everything Texas A&M preparing for Auburn this upcoming week. It's a show you're not going to want to miss. It's part of Talking With Coach on Tuesdays. We'll see you then. And remember, you give me all.
This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.